0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for week two of Summer in Sugar Hill and our teaching series entitled Water. Last week, we took a look at what happens when Jesus walks on the water and what he calls us to. Jesus is is back at it, calling us again in today's text. So Bobby and I are going to work our way through this text with you. And I think you'll find it like we have to be deeply personal in
1: so many different ways. Let me hit pause for a second. Yeah. Did you watch last week's? I did watch last week. Do you see all the comments about people expecting you to walk on water? Right. You know, I thought
0: about it. And honestly, I thought about doing that. And then I thought, I'm not sure I want to show off
1: my faith. They could have been a quick sink. We love summers around here, so it's fun. Anytime you think about summer, you think about water, and this passage is no different. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It comes from Luke chapter 5 where Jesus has been teaching, and there's a crowd around him, and essentially he runs out of space.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting because I can almost see, like we're on Lake Lanier now, so if we were at the Lake Lanier Islands beach, I could see where Jesus would be there, and people kind of crowding him back into the water. Yep. And uh, in the text, I believe he he, he asked Peter to use his boat. Yep. Um, you know, when I, when I read that, I, I always think to myself, it's amazing what happens when we surrender our possessions to Christ himself, because it seems like good things always happen, but miraculous things often happen.
1: And so it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the same thing as the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. So essentially, they're finished. Yeah, they're, they're done with
0: what they were trying to do, uh, and everybody had had to clean the nets. Because, you know, uh, the Sea of Galilee is not much different than what you would do if you threw it in the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, except that it's, it's a little grimier, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little dirtier. And so they probably had to work
1: extra hard to clean that. Yeah. So they cleaned their nets before they packed them away so they'd be ready for the next fish. And then it goes on to say, in getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the people from the boat, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: one of the things that's fascinating in the story to me is, like we were talking a minute ago, uh, Peter is willing to kind of hand over his possession. But I think this is interesting that Peter, his vocation is a fisherman. Yeah. And they've already been out. They've caught nothing. And they've been fishing the hot spots like my pop used to say. And I think if I were Peter, I'm okay handing the possession over because he's going to use his boat like a platform. So his possession becomes a pulpit and God uses that. I wonder if there's a connection to folks that are watching today like we've kind of draw a conclusion that when we surrender our possessions over into Christ's hands, it's amazing those things that happen.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes when we're watching, we think, well, I don't have a pulpit. I don't have a platform. And yet Jesus uses this boat and he uses this picture of fishing to make a big difference. It goes on to say that when he got into the boat, he asked him to put out a little. Then he starts to teach, and it says in verse 4 And when he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So they started a little bit offshore, but then later he's like, all right, let's go out further. Let's go deeper. Don't you think in the Christian life, this is what it's like in that, um, I
0: don't know many people that go from, uh, Jesus save me to people that tithe 10%, go on mission trips, uh, share their story with everybody. I, I see the, you know, the inside power washing of, of the Holy Spirit doing that sanctification, I see people kind of gradually moving out. This boat is kind of a picture of that. It, he, he put out a little bit, yep. and then Jesus says, well, go on out. Yep. Get out in the deep end. I wonder, I, I wonder if in my life there have been times when the Lord has said, Chuck, I want you to leave the comfort of the shore. I want you to leave the comfort of the area where you can touch the bottom. And... Uh, I can remember when uh, when my girls were little, we'd go out in the ocean, like on a jet ski or something. And Amelia would always ask the same question. She would always ask, Daddy, can you touch here? And I'd be like, no, baby, it's about 80 feet right here. Yeah, but can you touch? I know. I think Jesus calls us. Get away from your comfort where you can touch. Get out in that deep area where God may do something miraculous in your
1: life. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think sometimes as you're watching you got to ask, where are you in the story? Are you part of the crowd that's just sort of watching? Are you Peter, James, and John that are invited to be part of the pulpit team that day? Are you ready to step out? It doesn't stop there. It says that Jesus told them to put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. So don't just do it for the sake of it. I know you're cleaning it, Peter, but let's let's still put it out. But, okay, Bobby, let's stop there for a minute because that, to me,
0: is... um... So Jesus was raised in a carpenter's home. Yeah. And as custom would be in that time, you did what your dad did. And so if a, uh, if a rabbi didn't select you and say, come follow me, you did your daddy's job. Right. Well, so we know Joseph was a carpenter, so we know Jesus was a carpenter. Well, uh, but when Jesus becomes a rabbi, when he starts his ministry, he's now saying, go out and let the nets down. If I were Peter, I think what I'd be saying is, hey, aren't you a carpenter? Right. What do you know about fishing? I'm a professional fisherman. I know what I'm doing. I know how to handle this situation. Why are you telling me to do that? And yet, Peter somehow, some way, agrees. Yeah, let's go out in the deep water.
1: He paused first, though. He did push back. And yeah. I think sometimes we're that way. Sometimes we push back first and then listen. Yeah. And so initially, Peter says, Master, we toiled all night and we took Nothing. Yeah. Now, toiled is a big Bible word, or yeah. uh, a word I don't use every day. I didn't wake up thinking, "Man, I'm toiled, I'm toiled over," <laughs> right? <laughs> but Peter's frustrated. Yeah. They'd caught. Yeah. They'd fished all night. They're professionals, yeah. and yet they caught nothing. Zippity doo
0: And but they're professionals. They know what they're doing. And Jesus comes like carpenter, and he says, "Well, take the boat and go out deeper. Drop the nets." And I I think Peter was actually kind of nice. I can't imagine how rude I would have been. It's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, I know what I'm
1: doing here. Yeah. What, I love this next do... phrase. He says, but... Yeah. So he pushes back initially. He's like, I don't I don't think this is going to work. But he says, but at your word, I will let down the net. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I sort of wrestle with that. It's like, do I have that kind of faith? And this is sort of what you're alluding to already was... Peter definitely had some reservations, yeah. but he knew enough to know that he didn't know it all. Right. He knew enough to know, hey, he may be a carpenter, but I've seen him teaching. I've yeah. seen his yeah. ministry. And so at your word, Jesus, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. I think we know more about the word. It makes it easier to follow his word when we get close enough to it. Yeah. You know, I think Jesus is calling us to be into the word. Uh, because he is literally the word, but as the more we're into his word, the easier it is to say, well, sure, I'll go out a little further. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll drop my nets. Uh, but, but I, I think if I if I if I if I didn't believe the scriptures, if I were in doubt, I think what I would say is, no, I, why would I do all that? I'm already cleaning up. Why would I go do this again?
1: Yeah, I've put them away. I've folded them up. I've yeah. cleaned them up. We're waiting till next time. And here's what's amazing in verse six. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Yeah. That's a pretty good problem to have if you're a fisherman. Yeah, but it
0: is proof that following Jesus and being obedient to Christ doesn't mean we're not going to have problems. Yeah. Uh, the difference is we have good problems. Yeah, It's a good problem, but it yeah. is a problem. Well, it's kind of like a sugar hill church. We need space, but isn't that a
1: great problem? I mean, we, we need to create space for more people, but isn't that a great problem? And we want to reopen, and people are like, that's a great problem. That's right. Right, it's yeah. a great problem. And so they caught so many fish that their nets begin to break, and so it says they signaled their partners into the, from the other boat to come over and help them. Wow. So they needed help, and they weren't afraid to admit it, and it says they filled both boats so that they began to sink. Now, this is a good problem. Absolutely. For commercial fishermen, I mean, they've just made their month. And for them to have fished all night and caught nothing's really substantial because oh, yeah. that doesn't happen to yeah. a normal guy. I've also heard when I've been over in the Holy
0: Land, Bobby, and being on the Sea of
1: Galilee, they, I've heard this every
0: time from the guys that captain those little boats for us, that in the day you would have never fished deep water. Mm. You would have always fished the shallows. Mm. The fish you could sell, kind of like the fish that the little boy brought to Jesus, you, you caught those fish in the shallows. You never caught them in the deep. Oh, that's interesting. So Jesus points to where you're going to have an opportunity to succeed. Jesus points to where the very thing you need, he knows where it's at.
1: And when I see that, I think, man, I want to be with him. Obviously for Peter, this is an obvious move because up until this point, and we'll talk about this after the break, but up until this point, Peter knows about Jesus, but he hasn't necessarily left everything to follow him yet. And yet in this moment it says, but when Simon saw this, and this is verse eight, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, mm-hmm. O Lord. And so, so this is so out of the ordinary for Peter to see this. Yeah. He, it's obvious this is a God moment. This yeah. is a God situation. And in that moment, he responds the best way that anybody can and just falls on his knees. Yeah, I, you know, when, when I get closest to Christ...
0: I find it easier to fall on my knees. Mm-hmm. When, when I am closer to Christ, I'm drawn more to worship. And essentially actually works the other way. The more I worship, the more I'm drawn to Christ. It's a reciprocal relationship. The more I worship, the more I'm drawn closer to him. The more I need him and worship him, the more I want to worship. Yep. It's, it's, it's the way of Christ. It's, it's, the, it's his economy of, of worship. And Peter got it instantaneously. I wonder why we're so hard-headed about it.
1: I wonder how, how many moments there have been that we saw Jesus for who he is yeah. and we felt that we needed to make a difference. Before we go to our break, let me read these last couple of verses. And I want you to think about these during this next song. But here's what it says. After Peter drops on his knees and he says, I'm a sinful man. It says after that in verse 10, James and John were there and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Mm. And maybe some of us need to hear that word today. Do not be yeah. afraid from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything yeah. and they followed him. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great place for us to stop for a moment and pick back
0: up. And uh, why don't we do what Peter did? Why don't we stop for a moment and worship? And uh, Bobby and I'll be back in just a couple of minutes to wrap up our sermon time.
2: The words to this song are particularly powerful and meaningful right now. It goes like this. You are good, you are good When there's nothing good in me You are love, you are love On display for all to see You are light, you are light When the darkness closes in You are hope, you are hope covered all my sin You are peace You are peace When my fear is crippling You are true You are true Even in my wandering You are joy You are joy You're the reason that I sing You are life you are life. In you death has lost its sting. And oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your Jesus, Jesus My heart will sing No other name Jesus, Jesus My heart will say No other name Jesus, Jesus Sing this with me. And oh, I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. And nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever.
1: welcome back. It's yeah. a joy to be able to worship together and love how Pastor Zach and the team has been leading us so well. Yeah,
2: beautiful.
1: In these next couple of minutes, I just want us to sort of think about what are some observations we can take from this passage. And, uh, one of them is that for many people, the f- place to start is to be introduced to Jesus himself. Yeah.
0: Like wherever you're at, like if you could imagine your starting place being the shore you could imagine your starting place like Peter, James, and John, your, whatever it is, and your vocation. And uh, I think we all have a place in which we know Jesus calls us from. Yeah. Like I was a kid. I think you were a kid. Yeah. Uh, but I know, I know people that uh, literally have, uh, have been at their workplace and like God got a hold of them. Mm. And it was, it was like God had called them from a the workplace.
1: I think what's interesting, and maybe just to make a comment about it, is sometimes when we think about the disciples. We only think about the last verse, and they left yeah. everything and followed him. Yeah. And I think sometimes we miss the fact that there was a season where they didn't leave everything. Yeah, that's right. There was a season where they knew about Jesus, but they hadn't followed him yet. Yeah. In fact, for Peter, Jesus has already healed his mother-in-law, and so right. he knows who he is. He's been around him. And so for Peter, it didn't start with the end, right. with I'm leaving everything. That's it right. started with... Hey, I just need to get to know who this Jesus yeah. is.
0: But when, when Jesus says, uh, come follow me and you're going to fish for men from now on, that uh, in the Greek, that phrase literally means that you're going to go out. And as you go, you're going to bring men alive. Literally, it says to take men alive. Jesus is making a distinct difference between uh, the sentimentality of catching fish to the serious kingdom business of bringing men alive in faith in Christ. And um, it's interesting because Peter is, uh, is caught up, like you were describing, and I think sometimes we forget that for, for Jesus as a rabbi at the early stages of his ministry, well, they, he was calling them to something. And I, I can remember as a little boy thinking to myself, why would they just leave everything and go? I mean, I think I would be in trouble if I just dropped everything and left. But it was one of the greatest honors if a rabbi came to you and said, come follow me. It was, it was like, yeah, leave everything. Because these I see guys, value in you. I see potential yeah, in
1: you. I see something yeah. that only you can do.
0: That's right. I mean, and I think Jesus walks on the seashore of our life. And he looked at me at one point and said, Chuck, come on, let's, let's
1: you go, go catch men. Yeah. Bring them home alive. But it starts with that idea of you got to know him first. Yeah, that's right. You got to be around him. Yeah. And that's why we love that we've had so many people watching each Sunday and throughout yeah. the week. That's why we've loved that so many of you have shared this on your timelines and posted it on social media. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it starts with that first step. Yeah, you get introduced. introduced to the presence of Jesus, yep. which is just powerful. You know,
0: I'm one of those people that believes in that when, when you openly speak on the things of God, you speak of
1: Jesus. Great things happen. Yeah. You don't have to be Billy Graham. Yep. Absolutely. Jesus can use your platform. He can use your boat. He can use whatever that is. Yeah. But what's interesting is it doesn't stop there. No. So it leads to what you might consider incremental steps. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. In other words, what happens for Peter is he starts as a listener. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to listen in. He's and, hanging out a little bit. And as he's listening, Jesus says, oh, and by the way, I'm going to use your boat. <laughs> yeah. So he's like a captive audience in that moment. You're going to listen. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of people, they start there. They start, hey, I'm, I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to observe. Yeah. But what ends up happening for Peter is he doesn't stop at listening. He becomes a learner. Yeah, isn't that good? He begins to apply some of these things. I hear these stories. I know you do too, where somebody, uh,
0: they do their version of sharing their boat and they invite somebody, just join me at Sugar Hill Church. And somebody literally just thinking, okay, I'm just going to be nice and go. While they're sitting there, they have this experience with Jesus and that incremental change starts
1: happening in their soul. You can, yep. It's like you can see it. And so after a while, maybe some of you are at that place of listening. You're like, man, I'm just going to I'm going to listen in for a while. I'm going to try the weekday podcast. I'm going to be part of meditations and yeah. power routines. Yeah. And then at some point you become a learner. Right. And when you're a learner, you realize I don't have it all figured out, but I can give it a try. Yeah, I'm gonna try it, this thing. That's, to me, that's the most magnificent step
0: in Christianity where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna watch from a distance, but then I see God do something, and it's like, well, I, I, wanna, I wanna go a little further. Right. I wanna take my boat out a little further, and I, I might be willing to drop the nets, but I just wanna see. I, God is always faithful to people who choose faith. Yeah. That's what I find interesting. I like when, when we choose faith, God is always faithful. Mm. This is what happened to Peter.
1: I think it happens to us in our own life. He put himself in a place where he could listen and he could be exactly. used by God. Yeah. And what ends up happening is as he grows as a learner, he begins to apply these things to his life, apply these things to his life, apply these things to his life. Over time, yeah. he literally becomes a leader. So if, if you applied that
0: to like reading your Bible, the, the goal may not be I want to read through the Bible in a year. The goal might be that I'm going to read two I'm going to read two verses a day. I believe this incremental progress happens to a great deal when we do three things, when we introduce prayer to our life, where we just talk with God naturally, when we get scripture into our life, and when we learn to institute just this this thought of, of being generously grateful. Yeah. for our life, for what God has given us. I I think that incremental progress becomes
1: rapid progress when, when we add those. I, that's kind of the version of dropping the nets. And I think for me, it's a reminder that if we're not dead, then God's not done with us. Yeah, so good. So yeah. no matter when it was you were introduced to Jesus, whether it was today or 75 years ago, yeah. there's still progress to be made. Yeah. In some area, we're still a listener. In some area, we're still a learner. Yeah. And in some area, he's asking us to become a leader. But what I do know is by the end of this passage is it becomes intentional for yeah. Peter, yeah. where he was sort of a bystander who Jesus said, I'm getting in your boat. By the end, he makes this volitional choice and says, yeah. I'm gonna go follow him. Yeah. It's, like, it's like all of a sudden, it's, he pushes
0: the all in button And it's like, I'm leaving everything and I'm going to you. And to leave everything, I I think many of us would think, well, they probably didn't have much at the time. We know he had a boat, Uh, we we know he had a job, we know he had a business, we know he had nets. Uh, Family. Yeah, he had all this, he left all of that because Jesus, the teacher at that time, became divinity in the eyes of Peter, James and John. And in, in, being, in being recognized that, wait a minute, this,
1: this is not your average rabbi. Right. That, this is someone who commands the world. And I love what Jesus says to him. He says, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And yeah. when they had brought their boats to the land, they left everything and they followed him.
0: Yeah, that, that takes our life to another direction. Obedience might create problems, but good ones. Obedience may cost you, and most always does, but it's always worth it. Obedience is the opposite of sin. It allows for grace and mercy to flow freely. I believe when they were bringing those nets up and they were full, Bobby, I I can just imagine their facial expressions and them laughing and saying, I can't wait to tell the people in the city. Nobody's going to believe it. Those fishermen that came by us and saw we caught nothing laughing at us. Where are they now? I mean, Peter was probably trash talking a little bit. Um, But it was all backed
1: up because Jesus had done what only Jesus can do. Jesus showed up. And what I love about this is it's a great picture that regardless of how long you've been watching Sugar Hill Church or if you even call Sugar Hill Church home. Yeah that Jesus can meet you at whatever stage of this you're at, yeah. whether you're on the shore still, whether you're one of the boat people, whether you're Peter, James, and John who left everything, Jesus can meet you wherever you That's are right. yeah. and help you to take a next step. Yeah. And so I think it'd be incredible in these next few moments just to do a little self-diagnostic check. Yeah. Like, where are you in this journey? Are you a listener? Where well, you're just here and you're just showing up. And that's, if that's you, we're grateful you're here. We want to encourage you, keep tuning in, keep tuning in, yeah. keep tuning in and listening, 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 but don't stay there. Right. Maybe some of you have been listening for a long time and now the Spirit of God's prompting you saying, all right, it's time for you. Or, similar to Peter, they put out a little bit for Jesus right. to teach, but now Jesus says push out further. For some of yeah. you, it's that next step.
0: Which which involves learning.
1: Yep. You know, we can go
0: from the hearing but inevitably we've got to take that hearing and we've got to apply it to our life because Jesus didn't come to preach to us. He came to give us life. That is a deeply personal uh, expression that Jesus says to you as an individual, not to all of us as folks that are watching. He says to each of you individually, I'm calling you to step further out with the boat and drop your
1: nets again. And there is where you're going to find that I'll do great work in your life. So maybe there's an area of a relationship that he's asking you to take a next step. Or maybe it's a spiritual decision that you've been wrestling with. And he's saying, hey, try it step out, go deeper with it. Maybe it's something that's going on at work. Whatever that may be, be sensitive to say, I'm going to be a learner. I'm going to begin to apply these things. And what I think you'll find over time is you'll become a leader. Now, maybe that's not the label yeah. you want because a lot of times when people think about leaders, they, they have something in mind. But what it essentially means is to be somebody that takes ownership of their life right. and intentionality to say, as best as I can. I'm not going to be perfect. Peter certainly right. wasn't, yep. but I'm going to intentionally follow him. And maybe yeah. it's not leaving your boat and your nets behind, but maybe there's something that he's asking you to leave behind so that you can pursue him. Because we know this. We, we know that Jesus calls each of us.
0: He he calls us. Uh, you and I just happen to be called into uh, the ministry as vocation. But I know people, God has called to be judges and attorneys and real estate uh, uh, brokers. And I But Jesus equally calls them. It's not like we have some greater calling.
1: To every government worker that's watching, God has a call for you. For every person that works in law enforcement, God has a call for you. For every stay-at-home mom or dad, God has a call for you. For everybody in the social sector, God has a call for business owners. God has a call. We could go on and on in the arts, God has a call for you. Absolutely. And so it starts the same though, listening, learning, and then eventually leading. leading.
0: Yeah, those three get us to a point where we can know that we know we're in good hands. You know, I heard a, heard a preacher years ago, Bobby, in this passage, and I've always thought it was an interesting uh, juxtaposition on this. He said, did you notice when they didn't have any of the fish, they had to spend time cleaning. Mm. But when they had the fish, all they did was enjoy them. Wow. And I think to myself, you know, there's a story there somewhere. When, I, when I'm not obedient, when I'm, when I'm trying to do this on my own, apart from the power of God, there's always the grime that I have to keep cleaning. But once I say yes to Christ, he gives me this gift of the Holy Spirit and it begins power washing my nets, if you will, inside my soul. And that's that incremental process. But when I get to where I'm a leader, then it's like Peter saying, James and John, come on. So y'all, y'all come on, this is gonna be good. I guess they were from Southern Jerusalem. Y'all come on. Come on. But uh, today, let that be your desire to ask Christ to come into your life. Begin that incremental process. Jesus, I'm calling on you. Would you step into my life? And uh, would you do in my life what nobody else can? Would you clean me up and make me new? And I want to trust you with my life and follow you all my days. Friend, if that's the desire of your heart, then Jesus hears you and he answers that. And we'd love for you to let us know. Uh, I guess, Bobby, the best way to do that is to click on that little button that says raise your hand or leave a note on Facebook.
1: Yep. And you can also drop us an email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. And we'd love to get some power tunes in your hand and some next steps for you to grow. And sort of a second piece, I would say, for those that know Christ personally, The same call that Jesus gave to them at the end of this passage, I think he gives to every single one of us, regardless of your background and regardless of your profession, he wants you to help, as Chuck paraphrased it earlier, to catch people alive, to help them come to know Jesus. And so maybe there's somebody that's been on your heart for a long, long time. He wants to use you in their life, or maybe it's at the workplace. He wants to use you in their life to help many people who are far off come to him. And now is the easiest
0: time you will ever have to be able to do that because you could literally just share this feed. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's your way of of saying, hey, Peter, hey, John. So today, uh, it's not me and Bobby calling you. If if you sense that, I promise you, that's the Lord Jesus saying, go out a little further, leave the comfort of the shore, and I've got you. And friend, when you trust him like that, you'll go from being a listener to being a learner, and you'll go from a learner to a leader. And when you're a leader in the kingdom's work, what you'll find is you're blessing God, and he's blessing you so richly. Thank you so much for joining us today for this broadcast and for letting us share with you the beauty of how Jesus calls each of us, just like he did Peter, James, and John. So today, let that Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let him go within you. Bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved. And in days that are difficult, like when you're catching no fish, hop on his back because he's more than strong enough to carry you through the middle of the problem, not around it. Only to set you down victoriously on your two feet, wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say to you face to face, my child,
3: say it with me, I "I love you." you. God bless you folks, go in peace. I know you had a great time, great worship, a great word. I know that right now you're thanking the Lord because he spoke to you, I I, I know. And Sugar Hill Church, family, uh, it, we miss you so much, but it was so great to spend yet another Sunday morning with you guys. If you have any prayer requests, we want to know, so would you be so kind and then just leave it in the comment section. Just type of message where we can understand exactly how to pray for you and if not and if you don't want to do that and you wanted to keep it a little more private would you please email us to prayer at sugarhillchurch.com and let us know what's going on in your life so that we could stay together even uh in, in spite of distance we definitely want to stay connected with your families and we want to stay connected with your needs god is an almighty god and he knows exactly what you need even before you say it but we come to him because He loves us and He knows exactly how to provide for us because there's nobody else that knows us like He does. He is our creator and He is our provider. So once again, thank you for joining us today. We love having you and we look forward to seeing you in our midweek and then again next Sunday. God bless you, stay connected.